Hello, and welcome to the Endpoint Management Today podcast. My name is Rhonda Student Kaiser, and I'm the Director of Customer Experience for BigFix. This episode is what we call a rewind, the audio-only portion of content that was originally created in another form, a webinar, conference speech, or product demonstration that we wanted to share with you here. If you would like to see the original content, you can follow the associated link in the podcast show notes. Today's episode is a customer roundtable. We love our customers at BigBix, and we're really happy when they love us enough to participate in a customer roundtable. Real customers sharing their experiences with BigFix in the real world. Please enjoy this BigFix customer roundtable from May 2020. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the first BigFix virtual customer roundtable. Uh, I'm Dan Wolf, Director of Products. I run product uh, marketing and product management for BigFix and happy to, to invite some of our, our dear customers and users here to talk about their experience uh, managing endpoints in a, in a crisis time. In this time of uncertainty, we hope this format can serve to kind of bring our, our customers together in a new way to share experiences on managing you know, that most critical of IT infrastructure, and that's your, your servers and your endpoints. With that, let's introduce our panelists uh, for today. So we've got uh, Stacy Maxwell, uh, Director of IT Security and Applications at NANA. We've got uh, Tom Sikma, Vulnerability Manager for Enterprise Information Security Team at Motorola Solutions, as well as David Sloan, who's Vice President of Infrastructure Operations, Patch Governance Manager at Truist. So thank you all, panel, for, for joining, us, uh, joining us today. So I want to kind of go around the room. Let's start with Stacy. Uh, and talk about kind of your, your area of responsibility and uh, what you do, your company and industry. Well, uh, my name is Stacy Maxwell. I'm Director of IT Security and Applications at NANA Development Corporation based out of Anchorage, Alaska. Uh, I basically take care of any and all IT security or application related issues, projects or integrations. Uh, with that, we face some interesting issues between security compliance for PCI, GDPR, and in the future, we'll probably be looking at things like NIST 800-171, um, which is, you know, federal government requirements. Uh, and moving forward, it's going to be interesting to see how that is going to be one of the issues we work with as a remote workforce now. So been working with Big Fix for a while now. Um, Really love it. It's so much easier than SCCM. Um, less brain damage than SCCM, if you ask me. Um, and uh, been having a great time. So that's it. So what's what's the size of your of your deployment that you manage? Uh, we have about five hundred VMs and mix of about uh, probably ninety five percent virtual to about five percent physical, and about three hundred and fifteen desktops. Um, desktop laptop mix, um, but that's all over the country um, as far as location goes. So uh, having the external proxy ability for BigFix to be able to do a lot of things like remote control or distributed patch management is really handy. Okay, 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 great. So Tom, uh, your air responsibility in your company industry? Yeah, so uh, I'm Tom Sigma. I'm the vulnerability manager uh, for Motorola Solutions. I'm responsible for our vulnerability and remediation management program. So for those that don't know, it's scanning the network, identifying the vulnerabilities found on the network, and then working on remediating them. 
Uh, with that, hand in hand is patch management. Uh, I'm responsible for big fix, so patch management falls right into my lap as well. So uh, the remediation activities come directly from uh, the activities through big fix uh, for patching. Uh, with Motorola Solutions, we're uh, a technology communications company. We do public safety radio. Uh, right now, our Big Fix uh, manages about 25,000 endpoints between workstations and servers. Uh, we're a global company, so someone's always working, someone's always online. Uh, we have to worry uh, about the environment from from a global perspective in that aspect. Uh, I've been using Big Fix for, oh, it's probably been about 11, 12 years now. Uh, prior to IBM, when they were their own standalone company uh, entering into the market at that point. So uh, I've got a lot of uses with Big Fix and, and have been using it for, for a pretty long period of time. That's great. I think you know, if your, your product is essentially critical infrastructure, it is emergency response, response systems that have positively absolutely have to work, right? So it's... Definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's great. Well, th thanks for that. So David... You uh, tell us a bit about uh, you know, your responsibility and, and your company deployment. Yeah, I'm with the SunTrust side of Truist. Uh, BBT and SunTrust merged to become Truist. Uh, so I manage the patch governance side on in the SunTrust space, which includes uh, basically uh, my team split into two. We do. Uh, reporting and we come up with the patching guidelines, rules, and whatnot. And honestly, when I first came here, uh, a lot of that had to be put together. Uh, Big Fix was available, but it wasn't actually being used. So we picked it up, dusted it off, and uh, it manages 41,000 uh, endpoints, 1,000 AIX, 2.5 thousand uh, Linux, uh, the rest of it Windows, and uh, 28,000 of those are desktop, so it's it's a pretty big environment. Um, <clears throat> we focus mainly in two parts. We, we report on everything, which includes not only um, OSs for desktops and servers, but printers and everything. So we do a compliance for uh, everything. But uh, the other half of the team uh, has been devoted to building the processes for, for patching. Uh, focusing around the, the service space first. So we introduced uh, Big Fix to patch AAX. Uh, we introduced it to patch Linux, and we've just taken over it uh, for the server space for Windows um, over SCCM, mainly because of the adaptability to Big Fix that we've been able to extend it within our environment to, to uh, make it more useful. Uh, in the SCCM instance uh, for both reporting and actually work. <clears throat> so uh, I come from using Big Fix from when Big Fix was still at Big Fix. I actually brought it into Coca-Cola in a previous life. Uh, it, they uh, developed patching routines over there, and then uh, I found myself over here and redid it again. Excellent, excellent. Well, it seems to be a common theme here of, of you know, moving off of SCCM. You know, it's the most prevalent kind of free si system out there. And um, so that, that seems to be kind of kind of a common theme. So let's go back to Stacy. Um, you have a lot of like, a lot of uh, compliance requirements. Maybe talk about that in terms of, of, you know, your client deployments and baselining and so forth and how you how you approach that. 
Well, from our perspective, we have uh, two primary compliance uh, directives that we have to deal with uh, GDPR and also for PCI. Uh, PCI is focused primarily around two of our subsidiaries. Uh, we own a hotel up in uh, Kotzebue, Alaska, uh, called the Nulugvik Hotel. So we have to deal with credit card compliance there, PCI training. Um, we do have a little bit of credit card processing on the side of NMS, Nana Management Services, which is a joint venture between Sodexo and Nana. Um, it's a very uh, services-centered kind of organization. So there's a lot of buying materials, buying food, um, they do a lot of restaurant management, that kind of thing. Uh, when we were looking at deploying Big Fix, we wanted to do PCI compliance management for data type regulation. Um, we have made that work pretty well, actually, um, by blocking out, you know, ability to store certain pattern texts, uh, things like that, using the compliance module. Um, we've also been able to uh, mandate encryption methods. Uh, so it's it's been very, very effective in doing a lot of that. Um, without disclosing some of our internal business you know, processes, uh, I would say that uh, Big Fix has been absolutely critical in the PCI compliance side because we can push it to any workstation that actually is responding to our external proxy. So if we have a manager traveling, we don't have to worry about their workstation being uncompliant off of the network. Mm. Um, with GDPR, it's been uh, kind of a slower rollout because we don't have any offices operating within the European Union. Um, we do have one subsidiary that uh, is a federal side of things. Um, you know, a lot of times when you have federal operations or government contracting, they're kind of a separate division. Um, and with that, we have given them free reign to do what they need to do. Um, but they're looking to us as kind of an example of how to push out a lot of the GDPR stuff uh, to see if we're going to be able to make all the necessary data research uh, compliance directives happen easily. So hmm. that's kind of where we're at. So how much of your time do you spend um, reporting on GDPR and PCI? Is that a, you know, a monthly part of your job? How many hours do you spend on that? And how, how hard was that in the prior SCCM environment compared to what you're doing today? Uh, we actually didn't do much of anything with SCCM in the PCI compliance world uh, because it was so difficult. Um, we were doing a lot of custom PowerShell scripting. Um, we were doing a lot of manual training a lot of manual fixes. Um, so Big Fix is is a heck of a lot better on that. Um, being able to push out custom command sets to do things like enforcing security policy, enforcing encryption methods for certain applications, um, options within registries, so much better. Um, with GDPR, honestly, we've only had uh, two inquiries to date uh, because we honestly just don't do a lot with it. Um, uh, one of them was actually fraudulent. So um, when we figured out it was fraudulent, they were literally trying to dig for information on, you know, what our resources were, our involvements, that kind of thing. So the other one was, a, yeah, they were trying to impersonate a former employee. Um, when we asked for confirmation of identity, the whole thing collapsed. So, Wow. Wow. Yeah, something to watch out for. Good, good job. Yeah, I think more and more, and more these days, um, we're, we're seeing certain types of attacks uh, spin up. This whole RDP brute force attack thing that's been going on. 
has been uh, kind of a recent. You've probably seen all that too. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's something to look out for. You know, with Big Fix, you can, you know, configure RDP or turn it off if you're not even using it. So that's another important thing. So, so thanks for that. So, Tom, um, you've got compliance requirements uh, as well. So talk about those and some of the, you know, unique challenges with, with compliance in this whole work from home situation that, that you've uh, experienced. Um, so we do fall under a few different compliance requirements, uh, PCI, uh, GDPR, as well as SOX. Um, most of those are handled through our uh, security governance team where they handle the policies and, and, and making sure that everything's going properly. But from a big fix side and, and from a vulnerability management side, uh, take really big care on the assets themselves that, that are doing the PCI activities, the SOX activities, making sure that their OSs are up to date, no critical vulnerabilities, making sure that they're secured systems. Uh, for PCI, we push several different, we, we basically created a baseline of several different policy um, requirements that services are turned off and admins are removed and things like that. So we make sure that those systems are hardened. And this really gives us the that that good feeling that that these systems are secured, that the security tools that we put in place are all operational and up to date, and Big Fix is very instrumental in making sure that everything is working uh, properly. Oh, that's great. Now, you talked also a little bit before we, we joined this call about your, your strange service desk team. You know, is that has that been an increasing problem with this uh, with the outbreak? And um, well, I mean, when everything kind of hit the fan, uh, we, we really ran into a position where our service desk wasn't quite sure what exactly was gonna happen. Uh, phone lines weren't working properly. And, and so there was a, a good sense of like, don't do anything that would break the service desk because they are the hands and feet, but they can't even be the hands and feet if people are at home. So we were very cautious as to activities that we were working on. Uh, I was in the middle of a Windows 10 upgrade, which uh, upgrading people from 1803 or 1809 to the latest version of Windows 10, it's an activity that it, it's a little bit more than just a Windows update. It requires a, a little bit more time. It requires more planning because it's a larger upgrade in itself. And with that, there are chances that it could fail. Uh, luckily, for once, I could say Microsoft did a really good job that if a patch fails, it actually just reverts them back to the state that they were in. It's not like they were stuck in a blue screen and and, and locked out of their machine. So I was a little bit more um, ready to keep pushing the patches out to people, even though they were remote. But once again, it was, hey, don't do anything that would impact the service desk. We scaled it back a little bit. And then in the last month and a half, we've gone ahead and re-enabled it. We started upgrading machines. Once we realized that the service desk was in a steady state, that they were operational, they weren't getting any massive uh, flood of issues going on, we've been able to to kind of continue some of our initiatives to make sure machines are up to date. Uh, we got kind of lucky that uh, Microsoft announced that 1809's life extended uh, into November, I believe. So we didn't have that tough timeline of, hey, we need to get this all done by May. That's originally what we were targeting was getting everything done by by that set date. But that, that goal line's been pushed a little bit, so it gives us a little bit of a reprieve, but we're still gonna just keep going after those machines, get them upgraded, and 
from a vulnerability management side, which I'm responsible for, it makes my my program look better that we have support, all the supported OSs, we're getting rid of stuff that's gonna be unsupported, and it's gonna prevent us from having this big rush of stuff done at, needed to be done at the end of the year as well. So um, we, we really kept the service desk in mind um, and, and adjusted our, uh, our activities around them just to make sure that we didn't kill them with tickets because we pushed something that caused a much bigger issue. Hmm. Uh, that's great. Also, you mentioned earlier about um, you know the move to cloud. You guys made a big move, I think, to Google Cloud. I think you you said before. Uh, Is that? Yeah, we're uh, we have Google for for our day to day activities. Uh, also, from a server standpoint, we we believe in the multi cloud, so we've got our hands in a lot of the different cloud providers there. So um, it, it really helps in this type of an environment that we're able to collaborate uh, really well. We're not tied to servers on premise to uh, interact with business. A lot of stuff is more just now cloud based, and so uh, access to uh, the important information and, and uh, activities that we're working on can be done without having to necessarily always VPN in. Now that brings a whole new set of challenges because people aren't VPNing in, we're not getting as much information as to who's doing what and, and things like that, but that's what security is. You got new challenges come up and you got to go face them and, and, it, and account for them accordingly. So uh, we're still able to patch our machines because they're, uh, on, they're still on the internet, so Big Fix allows us to patch them. We're still able to get our our statuses of making sure that the security tools are working and that machines are encrypted and things like that. Because more people are mobile now, we want to make sure that the those devices are secured. Um, and so Big Fix has uh, definitely stepped up to that challenge, and um, it, it allows us to work in that aspect. Okay, great, 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 great job on that. That's 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 really good good story. Uh, so David, um, you know, you talked a little bit about your, you know, moving from to Big Fix over SCCM and the processes around that. Um, um, so it sounds like you've got some some kind of real world experiences um, and are still still working working through that. You mentioned one of your passions is is automation. So tell us tell us about some of the processes if you're willing that you that you've automated that have kind of dramatically improved. You know the productivity of the team, real you know, improved your security posture, uh, and so forth. If you would, sure. So I'll uh, start off on the security side since that's where we started in here, and then I'll segue into patching part of it, which is still security. But so we have our own um, set of standards because we're in, in banking and we have to deal with a lot of parts and pieces. So we have a blend from um, all over. And the cyber team has the ones that have put those together, but uh, use BigFix to actually monitor them. And one of the ones we keep a very close eye on is some of our uh, financial systems and they're flagged. Unfortunately, in our instance, they're, they're flagged in the CMDB, which doesn't actually mean anything to BigFix. So we had to have a way to synchronize between what is a SOX, a SOX compliant type system, you know, or flagged for different sets of uh, vulnerability compliance checking <clears throat> and, and transfer that over to Big Fix. So I actually wrote, and this is the reasons I just or went towards Big Fix at Coca-Cola uh, when I was doing the evaluations was that 
Fig Fix can't do it out of the box. It allows you to extend it. So it, it's open. You can, once you learn the languages and the API is in what uh, you can add to it. You can even add widgets and whatnot into the console itself. So it has that extensibility. So we took advantage of that and wrote, um, wrote Python scripts with APIs to, to uh, synchronize it would it, um, twice a day. It, uh, looks through the uh, CMDB, looks for all the uh, CST flag systems, and then copies that over to, to BigFix. It does a query if any of them are not flagged. It runs a fixlet to find them. If they're flagged and they no longer need to be, it'll run a fixlet to unflag. And then it also copies over a bunch of properties from the CMDB so that we know uh, what financial system it's for, who is responsible for it, and, and so forth. And then <clears throat> we have um, all of our policies are ran against everything. And then we're able to actually pull reports based on, all right, if, if any of you have failed any of these policies and you're one of these flag systems, you need to percolate up to the top. So it sends out an email. Um, <clears throat> Once a week, uh, you know, here's here's all the offenders. Here's here's everybody that that uh, need, needs to um, be back in compliance. Now we have the ability to actually force that, as um, Tom was saying. I believe that he hardened it, but we're not always sure why a team may have made that change, and we're we're not in the the service of of breaking it to put it back. So that is on a uh, a future task to actually start and pulling back in, but we still have to um, get there, let's say. Um, <clears throat> so along with that, we also have um, patching. Well, as anyone that's sat there and put together baselines and then, you know, scheduled them and whatnot, it can get, it can get nerve wracking. Oh, did I actually choose UTC or, uh, you know, the right parameters, uh, did I schedule it for the right window? You have human error in there. So we actually have scripts that from inside of BigFix we can deploy, uh, we fill out a dialogue that comes in standard. So you can say I'm, I'm doing non-production, I'm doing production or I'm doing DR and I'm do, or I'm doing Windows or Red Hat or whatever. So you fill in the dialogue and uh, it'll kick off a script that then goes out and writes all the baselines for all the uh, systems in non-production or whatever environment you happen to be working on. And then it deploys those baselines as actions to the groups that they need to. And then depending on the case, uh, it'll either um, send out re reboot waves as well for like Windows. We have those separated out into like 13 different waves. So it'll also tag in all the uh, reboot jobs. So it's all done automatically. So A, you're saving because it's done in a, a few minutes versus you know a, an hour, let's say. You might be able to get it all done manually, but you have the possibility for human error. Um, and then it's all synchronized again in what environments they are, whether they have exceptions, because we allow for, uh, no one could, we have a, um, dashboard that people could submit request to have their systems exempted and if it, they're um, 
<clears throat> their CTO approves it, it will kick off a job that then will change the status and big fix so that it either will fall out of being patching or it will be fall being rebooted or it will be added back in if it was removed instead. So all mm -hmm. that's taken care of automatically behind the scenes. It's done several times a day to, to synchronize. Wow. So what would that have been like in the SCCM in the world? Well, that's one of the reasons why we've moved server patching from SCCM to BigFix because it doesn't, you know, we, we would have had to rebuild out uh, those types of scenarios over there when we already have them over here. We already had all the servers reporting in. So it's just a matter of changing the tool. Okay. Okay. Great. Well, well thanks for that. So great, great discussion about your current environment and current challenges. Let's finish this up with with um, each of you talking about okay, what's what's in the near future for you? What's kind of on your on your whiteboard list of projects that you've got for the rest of the year? So uh, who who'd wanna who wanna talk about that? I'll go. Okay. Um, so for the near future, uh, we're actually going to be looking at using BigFix for uh, OS deployment sometime in the future. Um, We've been doing the standard Windows building and deployment tool um, for a lot of our systems and working with our distributor uh, for hardware. Right now, we primarily use Dell. and We work with them to do a lot of the custom imaging straight from the factory. Um, that's not turning out to be so productive. Um, don't know why. Um, probably some software inconsistencies between vendors and how their setup processes work. Um, but uh, we're moving forward with uh, looking at doing OS deployment remotely. Um, that way, you know, we don't have workstations that have to be sent in from all over Alaska or all over the nation to be able to be re-imaged. Um, something else we're looking at doing is setting up some uh, remote uh, relays for a lot of our patching and software distribution efforts. Um, we're going to be setting up also some of the self-service portals for people to be able to do uh, installs of whatever they need once their uh, license of purchase has been approved. Um, so once we get that going, it's uh, going to be a heck of a relief for a lot of our service desk people. Um, like Tom was saying, we, we can't break the service desk and, uh, you know, overloading them with requests um, because everybody's working remote now is just not something that we can deal with. So that's that's where we're headed. OK, great. Well, thanks for that. Tom, David. Um, from my side, I mean, the, the big thing that we're, we're going to be working on is just making sure all of our endpoints have all of our security tools installed. So we're primarily a Windows shop, but there are pockets of Mac and Linux out there, uh, and they may, may or may not have all of our security tools installed. And so being more remote environment, we need to make sure that our security tools are everywhere. We're getting our logs. Uh, it really helps all of our, our response team if they could have all the data in front of them. And when only certain tools are working appropriately or, or through a DMZ, we got to make sure that those things are those, those gaps are are filled in a little bit, and so we're we're going to put a serious focus on making sure that devices that are on our network or have been issued to users are going to have all of our security tools. So uh, I run the vulnerability scan, so I scan our network. I know what assets are on our network, and I could 
I've got big fakes. I know which assets have big fakes and finding the delta of those machines and, and saying, hey, these are the machines we need to go address because they're on our network and they're not uh, reporting into big fix or they're, they don't have other security tools installed, which we could see if they are reporting into big fix, but making sure that we're as close to 100% of machines deployed to having the agent deployed because we really want this to be one of our, our major data sources of assets in our environment. Uh, we have it feed into our service now and uh, other areas with our CMDB as well. And so we just need to make sure that all of our assets are being accounted for and secured. And, and that's a big part of what we've been working on through our vulnerability management program. Perfect, perfect. You're going to be busy. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and all of that comes with patching. So first part is getting the agents installed, and then all of a sudden it's okay. Now I've got more information from a rapid from my vulnerability management program. Now you need to go do something about it. And as I tell people that manage labs and are are, are wary of big fix, I don't care how it's patched, just as long as it's patched. And if you don't patch it, big fix is going to come up behind you and patch it for you. So <laughs> uh, we, we have people that definitely want to control their stuff. And I say, hey, do it yourself. That's fine. But in the end of the day, it just needs to be done. And and so a lot of people have uh, um, accepted that fact and have gone ahead and, okay, go ahead and patch it with big fix. And then nothing goes wrong and they're happy with it. And then we build them into processes that could automate the patching for them, whether it's on a monthly or quarterly basis. And they don't they don't question it. And in the end of the day, it secures the, the endpoint for me. Well, that, that, that's fantastic. Good, good, I like that quote about sneaking up behind somebody and with big fix. <laughs> that's the, <laughs> I'll put that on a t-shirt and, and uh, send it to you. <laughs> uh, David. Yeah. Um, as um, kind of mentioned in the email, um, we're, and a little bit on this call, we just moved the, the server patching from SCCM uh, in, into BigFix. So this actually, this weekend, will be our first production month rollout for, so we're continuing to flesh all that out. We, um, the processes are all there. It's already all all work, and we've already did it in non non prod. I'm gonna say that's kind of risky to uh, go production uh, going into a holiday weekend. I always get nervous of patching on holiday weekends. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's kind of tricky. So, sorry about sorry about that, David. I want to thank our panelists for sharing their thoughts and experiences. Um, for other webinars and information uh, about current challenges like work from home, around cost savings and things like that. Uh, please visit uh, bigfix.com and our and our webinars page uh, for more. So uh, again, thanks a lot for speaking with us today, everybody, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks a million. Thanks again for joining us today. We hope you found this content valuable. Remember to check the show notes if you want to see the content in its original video form. Endpoint Management Today is a brainchild of James Stewart and Rhonda Student Kaiser. Our podcast is inexpertly edited by James and Rhonda. Original music from Dan Corcoran, Big Fix Specialist and All-Around Renaissance Man.